0: Hot Press Podcast presents All the Way from the Literary and Musical Town of Listowel in County Kerry, Backstage at Mike the Pies. A podcast presented by Megan O'Donoghue. Joining me this week on Backstage at Mike the Pies podcast is Emma Langford. She's a singer-songwriter from Limerick. And starting off, I asked Emma how she started off with music. Oh, jeez, um, I don't
1: know if there's any specific thing. I just grew up. In a house that was innately musical, like my mother handed me my first guitar, and we always had we had like a mix of stuff playing in the house, so like musical theater and Elvis, Garth Brooks, and yeah, like everything and anything. So I just kind of just in my DNA, I'd say, in a way.
0: Sounds oh, like my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a real mix <laughs> yeah. of stuff. Like, and um, so, what's your fondest musical memories?
1: Um, my fondest musical memories? It's weird, like because. We, like my earliest memories of music are all, like, a bit traumatic of, like, stage fright and, like, forgetting lines and stuff. Um, my fondest musical memories, probably, like, going on stage, um, when I was just starting out in 2012, 2013. And, not not even a stage, like, I was sitting up on a stool at the top of an open mic night in the bar in Emmerich Wicked Chicken, and, uh, just having like a room of people there that were excited to hear what I was going to come out with. And it was one of my first experiences in that of like, feeling like I was bringing something new to people that they were excited about, which was lovely. Um, and I remember, uh, Padre Clancy who hosted the, who's a, he's a, local poet. Um, he hosted the open mic and I remember him coming up to me and kind of talking me through like my stagecraft and that experience, that early experience of learning to like, be comfortable on the stage and to own my space and to feel okay about being myself in front of the microphone all that kind of stuff um that's probably one of my fondest memories um and after that then it's just these you know beautiful live experiences of standing in front of a a crowd of like 500 people in germany and teaching them to sing one of my songs and getting them to sing it back and meeting them afterwards and and, uh, and hearing how the lyrics in my songs really touched people who you know, maybe English isn't their first language, but something in the way I said something really connected with them. So those kind of things are, are really, really special to
0: me. And to go to Germany then with some of your Irish folk music, um, what does it feel like to perform over there?
1: It's always interesting because, I mean, my, my, my genre sort of di- you know, it diverges into all kinds of areas. Um, some of my stuff is like, you know, 50s doo-wop pop stuff, and then some of it is folk and some of it is trad. And, you know, it, it, it's very varying. Um, so it's always interesting going somewhere like germany where they have a certain expectation of an irish folk artist and what they're going to sound like and how they're going to be and then i come on stage in like you know like a uh, evening gown playing a guitar and singing like 50s pop and they're like oh uh, okay well I, sure this is great so it's always um it's always a, a different experience every time but generally it's been really positive really positive, and, and and uh people have been really receptive and really engaging and really warm which is like the fear going outside of your own home country is that people won't get you Mm. or you know people won't connect with it and when they do it's just magic
0: It makes it all right It does yeah yeah.
1: and it reminds you that music is it it goes beyond language really like people will will connect with you on a a much almost a deeper level when they don't necessarily speak the language as fluently as you do but they they're still understanding the message you're trying to send and that's the most important thing
2: Mm.
0: And which Irish musician or musicians do you admire? I mean, I saw that Phil Cointer turned around and said that you were a breath of fresh air. <laughs> I mean, that must have been just...
1: It was really cool, yeah. yeah. Hearing, like, I mean, in the past couple of weeks, I mean, you know, the past few months with lockdown and everything, people who um, maybe wouldn't always have the time to sit down and listen to your music uh, now have the time to, like, sit down and look at who, like, what's happening on social media, look at who's gigging, who's doing what, and... So I've had a chance to connect with artists that I wouldn't have previously. Um, spotted that Brian Kennedy recently liked my Facebook page, that was kind of cool. Um, uh, but in terms of artists that I would ha- have admired, you know, from day one would be like Wallace Bird, uh, Declan O'Rourke, um, Lisa Hannigan. There's it's just this this school of phenomenal Irish artists. Um, Paddy Casey was one of the first artists to ever kind of try to give me a break. It Didn't quite work out because I wasn't able to get a lift of Cork to play the gig with him. <laughs> um, but he you know he was really engaged and really interested in, in helping me out and. Uh, actually we've become friends since and he's guested on my show during the podcast during during the lockdown and uh his partner Sophia made the music video for Mariana and Saoirse his daughter and myself have gigged together since and so it's quite mad now like being moving in the same circles and being friends with and being peers of the artists that I've kind of grown up admiring that's that's really weird it's
0: good though. it is no it's great good time. Jeez, absolutely.
1: <laughs> we're gonna start the night with uh, an older song a uh, song off my first album called "Closed Book," which I had originally used to—I used to call it my angry song because it's the first angry song I'd ever written. Um, so this is uh, this is "Closed Book."
3: You're a closed book, and I can read your meaning written in your solid books. As you stand up there screaming, and I lie on my mind, wondering, talking, and head. Is it real? Is any of it more than near? I am a dead man walking. A dead man walking. There's a dreadful fish through my bloodstream, swimming, whispering your written words. The word of which I'm dreaming And I stand in the rain And I take to the west I rolled the
2: rock of ages and I turned to fence. I found the camera but the focus ever shifting. Is a reason and yet you wanted me and you know I've been lost so. Lost so.
0: challenge to date was and how she overcame it
1: um there's been a few of them i'd say financial challenges um have been have been a big one um because it's not a it's not a cheap career to go into you know there's an awful lot of um, self-sufficiency required and an awful lot of panhandling like going to people with cap in hand and asking them for support you know and um, so that kind of stuff has been diffi- difficult and and also having Having the self-belief to be able to do that, so so building up the, the belief in the work you're creating enough to go to someone and say, I need you to believe in this as much as I do. I need you to support it. And um, I think that's probably been the biggest challenge, just sensing the, you know, um, inherent self-doubt that comes with being creative and with being an artist, and and trying to trying to fit a bit of ego in there enough that you can, you can stand on the stage and play for people, or you can ask people to buy gig tickets, or you can ask someone to support your work. So yeah, that balance probably is it.
0: And if not, just thinking about being a musician wasn't kind of extreme enough, you actually really
1: lost your life. I did, yeah, but I was only, I mean, I was 12, 13 when I got vocal nodules, and I didn't really know at that age that I was gonna be a musician. I had no illusions of it whatsoever. Um, I was um, I was on holidays and my mom had been telling everyone I was a gorgeous singer. And toward the end of the holiday, we said we'd go to karaoke down at the the, the bar in the resort. And uh, she's like, oh she's gonna blow you away. it's gonna be mad. You, oh, you, you love her. I went up and I croaked my way through um, Killing Me Softly by Lauren Hill. Mm-hmm. And my mother was sitting there a bit embarrassed, kind of like because she'd been telling everyone how fabulous I was, and I was up there just yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good moment, um, but it was. A really helpful moment in terms of us realizing that there's something wrong. So came home and started going into. I went to vocal therapy and I had all kinds of microphones shoved down my nose and um, this weird banana-scented numbing spray shoved up my nose and all this awful stuff. Um, but I mean, two years of nothing and allowed to sing and rigorous vocal training and vocal coaching instilled a real respect for my instrument and I, like a respect I never would have had otherwise. You know. Um, I think I was I was singing like I was in every choir I was in every stage school and I was trying to sound I was listening to like Eva Cassidy and Nora Jones Katie Malilla like all these like you know much older much more mature artists than I was um, and I was trying to sound like them and that was putting a real strain on my voice and I didn't have the the core skills to actually be able to carry it off and I certainly didn't have the life experience to try and inject that much emotion into my voice so I was kind of Fabricating this this voice, um, which call, long term caused a lot of damage, um, and I suppose since then I've, I've just really been super vigilant and really careful with my voice, and you know I don't I you know, don't don't smoke, and I, I avoid as much as possible talking in noisy bars, all that kind of stuff. So it's you wind up being a bit of a dry shite as a result. But sure, look, I can sing, I can play gigs, it's all good. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And can we talk about kind of your feelings towards the support female musicians get in Ireland, especially kind of media
1: yeah it's um it's it's an interesting it's kind of a really evolving sort of field at the moment uh there's so much research going into it and there's there's such a push now um from various factions to to improve it um god it's like i've I've been part of the irish women in harmony movement you know i set up my own movement in 2016 which was all around gender balance and, and ensuring that we see um, a, a more even playing field for all genders in music and performing arts. Um, I suppose the bottom line is, uh, with these things, it's not—it's not just about, um, you know, I, I want—I want to be playing. I'm, I'm getting loads of gigs. I get booked for loads of stuff all the time. I'm very visible all the time. But the reality is, across across the board, we're not seeing equal opportunities being provided. There's not—there's um, no mindfulness as of yet in the industry around family life. So um, I'm currently playing in a band with um, someone who has a small child and we have a show in Belfast and she needs to have that accommodated. She needs to be able to bring her baby with her. And that kind of stuff needs to happen, you know? I mean, it needs to be taken into account that people have family lives and generally speaking, the burden of labor falls to women in these situations, which means that as soon as someone has a baby, they essentially get wiped out and, and removed from the industry, which doesn't seem fair so all of those kind of considerations need to be need to be brought in Um, and I suppose just in terms of you know you're seeing the the gender wage gap that comes into music as well where again you're seeing women not able to get as much not able to access the same opportunities Um, and there's there's an awful lot it's such um, an intricate area where you need to see um, men having um, at work so that women can stay and work, all this kind of stuff, you know, and, and that impacts the music industry as much as any industry. Yeah. So there's tons and tons happening there. But in terms of Ireland and the gender balance in music, it's getting better. There's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah, so we're leaving that on a positive note. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Uh, this next song is a more recent one. I wrote it in 2018. And it's um, it's dedicated to to Carrie, actually. It's really lovely as a as a non-native, someone from Limerick, to be invited into a venue like Mike the Pies. It's a, it's a local institution, obviously. Um, and spaces like this are so sacred, you know. Same as in, in Limerick City, Dolan's is such a sacred space. And it, uh, it means the world when you're welcomed into those spaces. So in 2018, um, myself and my parents were visiting my granduncle, Eamon, in South Kerry, in uh, Caerseveen, specifically Kells Bay, which is where he comes from. Uh, he's been living there since the 60s. And we were visiting him on a, on a hot summer's weekend in June, a rare hot summer's weekend in June. And uh, we'd done all the, all the lovely things. You know, there was gorgeous stuff to, to be seen and gorgeous stuff to do. It's just one of those areas. Stunning natural beauty. And uh, so while we were there, we uh, we had a sing-song, and the sing-song happened in the corner house in Carrisaveen. And every month, these these uh, the local residents would get together, and they would sing songs about the place. And I was asked to go along by my granduncle, who had been my biggest champion. And I was really self-conscious about going. I didn't want to because I don't know any local songs, and I felt really out of place and like I was intruding but he insisted. And a couple of glasses of wine in, I eventually shared a song with them. And then I was on on, on it for the night then with harmonies and all kinds of stuff. It was great crack. The next day, my uncle Eamon went into the sea for a swim and he had a heart attack and he died. And in the week... Following that, obviously, funeral preparations were happening and all this kind of stuff, and I was singing at his funeral and I was trying to decide what I would would do for it. And I was singing all the songs that he loved and songs that mattered to the people locally. But uh, following that, I really wanted to write something that properly paid tribute to the place and to the people. So this song is called The Winding Way Down to Kells Bay. And it's about, about that, about that community welcome and how special it can feel and how important it is to be welcomed. Not to impose, but to to be welcomed. So we're going to follow it then. Alec is going to play a beautiful uh, Kerry air called Partnabuki. So. So here it is.
3: For your feet on the winding way down to Kells Bay and the golden sunsets like no other they say On the winding way down to Kells Bay where sorrows met with smiling eyes and a great black look brushed with stars for a sky and the old trees leaning there this my tail on the winding way down to Kells Bay there's a song in the heart of the people in it on the winding way down to Kells Bay there's a joke to be shared and a drink to be drank on the Chocolate the story now this late the king
0: say congratulations on your nomination for Orton's Radio 1 Folk Awards for Best Folk Singer. Mm. I mean, that's such an amazing achievement and especially during a global pandemic. I mean, what does that feel to be? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's so funny because like, I, I'm so proud of my album. Like, I'm so proud of my album and some songs in it. So when the nominations came out, I was like, oh, but I want my album to be on <laughs> Whatever about my voice, screw that. I want my album in there. But I mean, you know, I'm in there with Mick Flannery, Moira, Nick Arleaf, and Ray Peach Pete, who are three artists whose work I admire so much. And to be considered among them is huge. It's a huge, huge honour. Um, and, you know, as we're talking about, you know, I, I lost my voice, you know, when I was a kid. So to be in a position now to be considered one of the finest folk singers... This year, I'm going to say this year because you know the awards take into account the current 12 months so it's just based on work released in the past 12 months yeah. um, and there are so many singers, so many folk singers in Ireland that I would consider to be miles above me but it's it's a gorgeous accolade and a really lovely honour
0: Yeah, really. yeah. and you deserve it Thank you Truly um, Now it's not your first time being in month to five um, and just so out of many performances the performance of a zombie Monday <laughs> was yes. just it just gives goosebumps to people oh, i nice. mean that's amazing i mean what do you love about performing mm-hmm. in my place
1: i love the intimacy of it i love the sense of community here we were i was only talking to aiden um before we everything kind of kicked off here with soundcheck and everything this evening um about my first experience of coming to mike the pies for *The little race week in 2017 i'll say 2018 probably um and uh, I was supporting Morrissey and Marshall, uh, who are a brilliant duo. If anyone hasn't heard them, they're sensational and well worth checking out. Uh, but I came in to, uh, to support them, and the place was mobbed like mobbed. And I did not expect I'd never been here before, I'd never been to and never been to Mike Um And I just didn't know what to expect, but I was definitely a bit daunted initially coming in. And then I went up on stage and started playing, and people who were there to watch the races turned around in their seats to watch me playing. I was like, oh, well, that's, that's a nice surprise. <laughs> and then Marcy and Marsha went up on stage and played, and the place kind of just went mad for them. And, and there's just such a gorgeous kind of a, a, a buzz here, a, re- a real warmth, um, this kind of sense of you're stepping into someone's family home almost, and they're opening their arms to you kind of thing. It's just, it's special. So that's like, well, what I love about quite a few Irish venues, um, is that sense of just opening their arms to, to a new family member, it's beautiful
0: and of course you have to perform anywhere at all in Ireland where would you rather be?
1: I'd rather be in like a place <laughs> 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 thanks a million Emma um, for I really it. enjoyed that thanks for me. so we're going to finish up on this song it's the title track off of my new album it's called Sewing Acorns it was written in 2018 as I was finishing my masters and I was in a I was in the depth of anxiety I hadn't slept in three weeks and I uh, One night I was sitting in my college apartment and I was just playing around on the guitar and this riff kind of came out of nowhere. Fell from the sky, divine intervention. And um, I started just playing it over and over and eventually it turned into this song and I slept for the first time in three weeks that night. So for anyone who's dealing with anxiety right now who who's struggling and I know there's so many people who are it's a really tough time thank you for for listening and for connecting with this song those of you who have means a lot um, it's called Selling Acorns because it's this idea that the worries we have the mistakes we make all of those things they're little seeds that we plant in our life and if we're patient with them they'll grow into nicer better bigger things but sometimes we have to just be patient so so that's what it's about Uh, the album version of the song features a beautiful poem by Vanessa Ifidura uh, called Off White Sheets unfortunately we do not have Vanessa with us and neither of these beautiful boys are able to do a Belfast accent so we're not going to attempt it we'll just do the track without the poem not a good one well (laughs) I mean let's not try (laughs) let's not do that (laughs) ourselves in all kinds of trouble. But uh, the temptation is overwhelming, I will say. Absolutely. Um yeah, thank you for tuning in and um you can hear all of these songs with a full gorgeous band on all of the lovely platforms or you can buy my new album on CD if you want to from Bandcamp. Um so here we go.
3: Rest for a while, dreams are the locked box deep in the mind, some feel what hides behind their own closed eyes. I've been so in a corner. So sleep with well.
0: Backstage at Mike the Pies was produced and presented by Megan O'Donoghue for Hot Press Podcasts.